Hi there, it's Kathy from the Rocky Retirement Show, and I'm so glad that you are joining me today. My guest today is Stephanie Cunningham, and she was born, raised, and worked in Colorado until she took early retirement in the year 2000 to join a round-the-world bicycle tour. I'm going to have to ask her about that. But while on the tour, she found Australia and decided to move there. But because of visa regulations at that time, she could not work, which pushed her into an unwanted permanent retirement. Trying all of the activities that are traditional in retirement left her unfulfilled and wanting more. But one of the new activities that she tried was yoga. She really enjoyed it. And we will probably talk about that as well. But what I really wanted to talk to her about today is being retired in another country. Because being retired in the United States is different from being retired in another country. And also, maybe being retired and it's not your wish to be retired in another country. We'll talk to her about that as well. So I've got a couple of things on my agenda, the bicycle tour, retiring in another country and retiring when it's not your choice. So Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad that you're here as well. You know, I have only been to Australia once and it was in the airport basically because uh, oh. <laughs> we took a cruise through New Zealand. Oh. And I'm telling you, I cannot wait to get back. I, I'm a recent member of uh, TrustedHouseSitters.com. And oh, okay. I'm checking all the time for somebody who wants me to house sit on the dates that I can do in somewhere in Australia. So <laughs> very Love. looking forward to it. So it sounds great. Yeah. So tell me first about your bicycle tour, because I I have family members who really enjoy bicycling. They go on these barge these barge tours. Mm, yes. yes. And so Those you've heard lovely. of them. You've heard of. I have. Yeah. So so tell me about this trip that you took in 2000. Um, it was a a millennial trip, and this individual had was quite experienced in putting together bike tours, but he'd always wanted to do it for a tour around the world. And it was actually quite reasonable. It, it was a big chunk of money, but it was for a whole year. You got a place to stay every night. You got two meals a day. So it was, and you got all your transportation. So it was really quite reasonable for what you, you received. We did a lot of training, uh, physical training. We had to, they recommended you do at least 6,000 miles before you got to the tour, we did 135k a day, which oh, is probably about 80, 90. I'd have to do that in my head, and I'm not really good at that. That's um, okay. <laughs> and um, five days out of the week, so it was it was quite a physical challenge. But if you had you know trained and everything, it really wasn't anywhere near as difficult as you thought once you got used to it. We started off in the Rose Bowl Parade on January 1st, 2000, and then we went down Baja. And we called it Baja Boot Camp because if you made it through Baja, then you most likely would make it through the rest of the tour because it, it was a, a, tough, a tough ride. What I found was it was fascinating. You know, uh, we went to Baja, Mexico, then through Central America, then down to Chile and Argentina, 
Then we flew into Africa. We went to South Africa and went all the way around the coast. And then we went up to Greece uh, and went along the south part of Europe. Came back to the United States for a little while, went to Canada, and then went to the northern part of Europe, and then came to Australia. And that was in September of 2000, and we went, that was for the Sydney Olympics. A lot of people wanted to see some part of the Olympics. We then went into Asia after that and came back to New Zealand and then went to Hawaii to end. Wow. Yeah. You got a lot of stamps in your passport. I do. I had a really, really interesting passport there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> did you save that one? Did you save that old I passport? I did save that one. Yeah, that, they kept trying to take it away from me. And I said, oh, come on, please. <laughs> let please, me let me keep it. It's got all these <laughs> yeah. cool stamps. <laughs> yeah. So it really, it was really quite, quite full by the end of the year. But um yeah, it was it was a great experience. I'm really really glad I did it. Uh, I think when you're on a bicycle, you see things that you don't see in a tour bus or in a car. I really really enjoyed it. It it had its challenges, obviously, but I would I don't know. I'd do it right now, but I certainly would have done it again when I was a bit younger. We we actually did have seventy and eighty year olds on the tour, though. Wow! Did you stay in touch with anybody? I did for a while, yes. Most of them were Americans. The tour director was in Seattle, so there were a lot of people from that area on the tour. And I did stay in touch for a while. Um, it's been, what, 18 years, so it, it kind of, you know. Fell away after a while with the time yeah. with the time zone change <laughs> yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah. So, so tell me, you saw Australia, you fell in love with it. Was it the climate that you liked or what was it about Australia that you liked? I think it was, it has a tenth of the U.S. population, but it is as big as the continental U.S. So it's much less crowded than America. And it's, it's almost like it's about 10 years behind in some ways. In other ways, it's not, but it, it's, it's more it's not quite as frantic as the U.S. When I go back to the U.S., I'm always so surprised at the ads on the TV and the really big push uh, to buy stuff and all of that. And it's not quite that bad here in Australia. So it's it's a it's much more laid back, I think, is the is the best explanation, shall we say? And it's it's quite gorgeous. It's really quite beautiful. It's kind of like San Diego, I've been told. Most of the population lives right on the coast, somewhere on the coast. And it is very much, yeah, like San Diego there. Hmm. Uh, I'm in Newcastle, so I'm right on the coast. And, yeah, it's lovely. It's, you know, this is what almost it's fall here and it's beautiful. You know, it's sunny and, and warm and, and very um very easy to live here. <laughs> nice. So you just picked up and moved there. I heard that it was almost impossible to immigrate to Australia. So that's obviously wrong because you did it. <laughs> well, I don't know that you can do what I did now because we came in on a what's called a retirement visa. And it was set up for the Palms, the English, to come over to Australia to spend a couple of years of their retirement here. And a lot of, a lot of English people... Uh, came over and they really loved it because let's face it the climate is much nicer than England can be 
we just came under as us, as Americans, and, and Americans, as a rule, didn't use this visa too much, but we did. And so we just said, you know, we have enough money to support ourselves. We will not take any kind of government, anything the government gives. We're not ac- acceptable that we don't have, we have private health insurance here, that kind of thing. And, you know, they, could, they would let us stay and we paid American taxes. And so essentially we stayed American citizens just being residents of Australia. And over time it got much better that, you know, you could work and, and they gave you a lot more freedom. And they just kept renewing it. And so we've been here 18 years. I think we have another three or four before we have to renew again. They're renewing at 10-year intervals. And I think they've stopped that particular visa and added something very different. So it could be quite difficult now to come to come in, whereas we kind of hit a window where it was nice and nice and easy. Good. You, you got lucky there. I did, yes. <laughs> but as I read in your intro, you could not work back then. So how did how did that affect you at that time? I mean, you, you said you had money saved, so it wasn't like you came and you were destitute, but you were, sounds like you were planning on working. Well, I wasn't planning on retirement. I had worked for the state of Colorado and they had a deal where they wanted to get rid of their higher paid employees and they would let you retire for a pretty nominal, nominal, there we go, <laughs> amount of um, money. And so I took early retirement, but I just was going to take a year off and I was then going to start working in another way. But it was quite a shock to come here and realize after we'd gone through the visa process, you know, they said, oh, but, but you can't work. You know, this, this is retirement. And I, so I was, I was quite shocked and, and not, not real happy. I've worked all my life and I really enjoy a lot of, a lot of things about working. And so I wasn't excited about that. Now, it took me about three or four months to really recover from the round the world bike tour because it was physically very taxing. Um, So it took that a while. But then I had to think, well, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm not the kind that just sits around. I get very bored very easily. (laughs) So I did all that stuff. You know, I volunteered and I, we, um, redid an old 1880s house and on a piece of land and we, you know, I took yoga and I joined things and all of that. And there were, you know, good things and all of that, but it wasn't very fulfilling for me. I'd had a very um, different kinds of job. I actually worked at the state level developing legislation and and policy from that legislation. And so I found it really difficult to find something that was really truly. I think a lot of people that have been executives, you know, either C-level executives or high up in management or own their own companies, a lot of them have difficulty transitioning to retirement because they're used to being active mentally, yes. you know, and solving problems. And although there are certainly problems that arise in retirement, it's not the same. Another thing, too, that I hear over and over from my guests is it's the decrease in social status. And I don't know if it's the same in Australia as it is here, but 
You know, you go to a party and the first thing they say is, what do you do? Yeah. Do they do that in Australia as well? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. They have a different work is important to them. They have a much more, a much bigger sense of community than we, than I found in, in, a, in America where we're very individualistic and here they really do value community and value uh, the group. They're like someone said, they play hard, they work hard, but they all they want to do it as a group. They're they're very um, social people. So how long did it take you to sort of transition culturally? <laughs> Much longer than I anticipated. <laughs> I think I thought, well, we'll speak the same language, which isn't quite true, so it won't be that difficult. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of really strange little things that it takes you a while to figure out. Like, I couldn't figure out why people had such expensive appliances in their home. I mean, really top-of-the-line kind of stuff. But it's because it's such a small population, it has no middle ground. You either get something that's really cheap that won't last, or you get the really top end. And once I realized that, I, I understood that that these were no very practical decisions on their part. It was just that they didn't have much choice because they're such a small population. And it's those kinds of really odd things, you know, that take a while for it to sink in and think, wait a minute, why why is this happening this way? You know, the language is di- just enough different that you can get caught up in it. Every once in a while, I still will. It's not so much. Uh, it's it's the use of words like. We say takeout, they say takeaway. We say uh, booking, they say res- or they say booking, we say reservation. It's those kinds of things that takes you a while to figure those kinds of things out too. If I were going to move to another country to retire, I would do two things that we didn't do. And one is to really plan it, really understand what you're getting into. And I think for the first year, I would go to an expat community and because they'll know all the ins and outs and they can show you what that is instead of kind of learning on your own and making lots of mistakes. And then if you wanted to get out, you know, and, and get really into the, the culture of the country, then you can move out. But I think that would make both those both of those things, I think, would make it much easier for you. Did you ever find an expat community where you are or is it that they just aren't? It's too small. Well, where we moved had a university, so we had there were uh, faculty members that were from uh, the U.S., but they often didn't stay very long, and there certainly wasn't any organized expat community that I'm aware of where we were. There probably is, like in Sydney, in Melbourne, which is you know three million people, so that there's a, a, enough people to actually have a group you know, together. But if you weren't in those big cities, I think it would be really hard. Hmm. Awesome. Well, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to get some more tips on how to retire in another country. So hang in there. Hey, Les. Yes. Have you heard about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle? Yes, I have. Are you doing anything about it? Not a whole lot. You know, I am. That's good. Have you noticed that I haven't been nagging as much? Well, actually, as you mentioned it, yes, I have. You know, that's one of the goals that I've been tracking in my six pillars of retirement lifestyle that are listed in the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. And in order to make our relationship better, 
one of the goals that I've been doing, not, not every day, but on a lot of days, is that if I catch myself nagging, to just stop. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. And so tracking what you want to do helps you get it done. Like, for example, if you want to lose 15 pounds and you never track it, how are you going to know if you're going to lose it? That's right. You wouldn't. That's right. And so that's what this Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal is all about. Les, do you think the listeners are interested maybe in this journal? I would hope that they are. Do you want to tell them how to get it? Yes. In order to get the journal, you go to rockyourretirement.com slash journal. Welcome back. This is Kathy and Stephanie Cunningham, and we are talking about retiring in another country and some things, some tips and tricks of what you need to do. Now, Stephanie retired, uh, you know, a, a while ago. It was 18 years ago. But, and things have changed since she retired because she's actually, are you working now, Stephanie? Yes, yes. Uh, I have my own business. I have um, what I did when I decided that I had to find something to do was I went to yoga teacher training and I taught over 50s when I graduated from that. And so for the past uh, 11 years or so, I've been teaching people primarily that are over 50 in uh, modified yoga classes and chair yoga classes. And that kept me pretty busy. Are, are you going to continue doing that? I don't know. I started a podcast about a year ago, and I just loved it. I, well, I still love it. <laughs> and it's just that it was so much easier for me. For some reason, I couldn't quite get it together to do the business of yoga. I could certainly teach it, but I, I just never quite understood the business of yoga very well. But somehow the podcast is so much easier for me. I can understand how I'm supposed to market it and what I'm supposed to do. And and I just really enjoy it so much. And I get really good feedback from my guest. And that is always helpful, don't you think, when people are really happy to have been interviewed and and they appreciate it. So I don't know if I am. Right at the moment, I'm not because I just moved. And so I'd have to set up a new... All over again. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I, I miss my students a lot. I really do. I, I loved, I loved teaching them. It was all the stuff around it that drove me yes, crazy. Totally understand. <laughs> and by the time this episode is released, you're going to have a new podcast, which is similar to this one, correct? It is. I am at this point calling it changing the face of retirement. I think it'll stay that way. I, I would really like to have people come on and talk about how they found purpose in retirement. It's research shows that if you want to be happy, you have to have some purpose that of course is unique to every individual, but you have to feel like you're giving back in some way. And I think that is a problem with retirement is that people peg, you know, put you in a, in a box and say, well, they're retired, so they can't do X, Y, and Z. Yes, you can. You can do lots of things when you're retired, and you have a lot of things to offer. And so I'd just like to get that message out. Absolutely. That's one of the things that we talk about for the six pillars of retirement lifestyle, and those are 
spiritual, your significant other, friendship, work, which um, I include hobbies and uh, volunteer work, which probably could be renamed purpose, um, health and family. So I completely 100% agree with you. (laughs) We all need a reason for being on this earth. Otherwise, we're not happy. That's right. And and I think people kind of, even people that are going to retire, in fact, I've, I've had several conversations with people who are afraid to retire just for this reason, which is, you know, what am I going to do with myself? Because, yes, the first six months, and if you've been in a really high-stress job, you really do need to decompress. But if you're in pretty good health, you, you've got 20 to 30 years to fill. And that's a long time <laughs> to, you know, do whatever you need to do. So I'm having not planned at all for my retirement. I really would say that planning would be a really critical thing to do. Absolutely. You know, I had a, I had a brainstorming session with one of my listeners today, which we recorded. And if it's already been released, I'll post a link to it in the show notes. But he had sent me an email telling me that he had this great life. Um, He's you know, 83 years old, he had this really good life, great marriage, had success in business. But it was just a little lonely because he didn't have any male friends at that age group. It's just a little bit different than somebody in their 60s or somebody in their 50s or somebody in their 40s. You know, it was all activities. You would get together and and watch a football game or play tennis or play golf. You didn't really, if you're a man, you didn't really, you know, talk. (laughs) Right. Okay. I understand that one. Yes. Yes. And so we came up with all these ideas. And I think in the end, he's probably going to create his own men's discussion group to meet on a weekly basis. And I think that's going to be his new purpose. So, I completely agree with you. I think the purpose, I mean, you can you can have lots and lots of money, but if you don't have a purpose, I agree. I think that your your life is not going to be as good as if you did. So congratulations on that. And we'll definitely put a link to that podcast in, you know, and your website in the in the show notes. Thank you. That would be great. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm putting together, um, well, I haven't done any interviews yet, but I'm putting together lists of people. Uh, just, um, I think people understand it if they're, if they're going to retire, but they don't quite know how to make that next step. I mean, obviously, you talking to this gentleman and working through some options sounds like a great way for people to understand what they really want to do, you know, because everybody wants to do something different and they may not have thought of it quite that way. Well, it's difficult because when you're in that business mindset, that's really all you're thinking of. It's like, okay, I've got to do something else work related. I need to find a job. I need to do something, but it doesn't necessarily have to be work related. And so brainstorming with another person sometimes can help. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. So this sounds like this is your new purpose, since you're not looking to start a new business in your new location. I think it is, yes. I haven't actually gone out and 
applied at studios or anything because I teach a very uh, niche type of yoga. But I really enjoy the podcast, which is why I decided to start another one. I'm, I'm sure, as you know, it is a lot of work. Yes. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it will be because I, I really, I really think it's a medium that's open to everyone and anyone can listen to it. And I think that's the real charm of it is that it's so easily accessed. And people know what it is now. I mean, yes. when I started in 2016, I had to explain to people what it was. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now people know what it is. I'll say, do you, do you know what a podcast is? And 90% of people say yes. I think the problem is that people don't expect older people to know what a podcast is or to do a podcast. I've had several people say to me, you actually do a podcast? And I go, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, don't have one foot in the grave yet. So yes, I do. That it's a rapidly growing percentage uh, of the listeners is, is well, okay, they've gone from seven percent to twelve percent of the listeners are are over fifty five. But still, yeah, that's doubling more than <laughs> almost doubling there. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's uh, increasing. The rate's increasing, so people are slowly getting into it. And really, you know, you can find a podcast on anything that might be of interest to you. So that's also very. Uh, a good, you know, a great way to go because you can find out lots of good information. Absolutely. Any tips that you want to give to the listener before we we're coming up on the end of the show? And so any tips that you want to give before we say goodbye? About living in another country and retiring? Yeah, or any or kind of tips, whatever. <laughs> this is your open <laughs> microphone. Give us whatever tips. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Wow. Oh, now I'm totally blank. That's good. <laughs> um, one is that if you're going to move to another country and you think, oh, well, it's so much cheaper to move to live there because of, you know, exchange rates and everything, just check that out because, yes, the Australian dollar is less than the American dollar. So I have, you know, that additional money, but things are much, much more expensive here. So check out the outgo as well as the income because um, it could be kind of a shock. I know, like I said, I, I came in on a retirement visa and they ha they've set it up for the English to come on. A lot of English had to leave Australia and couldn't take advantage of their visa anymore because they couldn't afford it during the 2008 recession. Wow. That's yeah. good advice. Check <laughs> it out. Go there. Yeah. Find out what things cost. And maybe you can't get stuff that you want. Uh, no. Well, my daughter is also here serendipitously. She married an Australian. And she loves, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, wheat thins. <laughs> and there's no way she can get them over here. She can't buy them on Amazon? She can't buy wheat thins on Amazon? No, because they have a very strict food policy of food coming into Australia. Mm. I don't think wheat thins is going to cause any problems, but it, it probably isn't worth it. And so every time one of us goes to the States, we're all supposed to bring back boxes of wheat thin. So it's those, <laughs> it's those strange, you know, idiosyncrasies that, that catch you up. It's not, it's not the big major things usually. Right. You can't get everything you want because you're in a different country. That's right. And maybe it's going to cost more than you thought, so you better check it out. Maybe, maybe go there for a couple of months before you actually move. 
<laughs> yeah, I think that would be good. You know, and buy some toothpaste and buy some aspirin and buy these little things and say, okay, is this comparable given the um, uh, exchange rate? Australia is very isolated, so everything has to come in on boat or airplane or something. So you're, you're always paying a lot for transportation. Hmm. Good to know. That's great advice. Absolutely great advice. So do you happen to have your website yet, or do you want me to uh, just insert that later into the show notes for your new, uh, new, the new podcast? I do have it on my, uh, I have a yoga lightness, uh, www.yogalightness.com.au, and it has a tab for the podcast. And so the podcast for changing the, re- the face of retirement is almost ready. So by the time it uh, you air, it should be fine. I'll put a link in the show notes. I can't wait to hear your podcast. The more people that talk about retirement lifestyle, the better, as far as I'm concerned. And welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I love that. It. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you again, Stephanie, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye. Oh, wait. I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rock Your Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, 
Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.